paid 260 euros for a pair of Crocs, man. Those shoes pretty much broke my foot. It's only going downhill from here. What up, guys? This is Josh. And this is Fobbs. And this is the Kickback Pod. And we are back. The Kickback Pod. Back once again. I know we've been away for a couple of weeks, guys, but the good news is we are planning to bring you guys two episodes before the end of the year, this one and another one. We've decided to split up our end of year content into two parts. So in this episode, we're going to be going through the best and worst sneaker moments of the year so far. It's been a pretty memorable year for sneakers. And then we're going to leave our best of like best of sneakers of the year, our top tens, we're going to leave that until the last episode of the year. So stay tuned for that one as well. But we got a lot to talk about in this episode. Before we begin, quickly shout out to each and every one of you that have been consistent listeners of the pod for a long time. Also, major shout out to everyone that had our podcast show up in your Spotify lists for the end of the year. That was really cool to see the those of you who DM'd me those screenshots. That was pretty awesome to see. So I am uh, truly, truly grateful, uh, and I'm sure so is my co-host Fobs here. So, Fobs, how you doing, bro? Yo, what up? For sure, I'm I'm super happy to see when people are actually listening to what we have to say. Um, maybe not always agreeing with it, but definitely giving us the time of day to uh, take us along with them wherever they might be, wherever you guys listen to podcasts. So, big ups from from my side as well. Love that. Appreciate you. Um, I'm doing well, man. I'm doing very well. I'm very excited for this episode, the next episode, and just in general, the end of year, you know, Christmas, holiday, whatever anyone celebrates, cheer season. I'm a big fan of it. Um, yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to just all of the Christmas cookies, all of the great food I'm going to be eating over the next few weeks. But what about you, man? You are... Um, probably also in the Christmas spirit, but you've been traveling a little bit as well, right? Yeah. So, so this December I've, I've been very lucky. I've had a lot of family come and visit me. So my brother visited me a couple of weeks ago and, uh, and he was here and, uh, we decided to also take a weekend trip over to Amsterdam together. And, uh, I want to apologize to all of our Dutch listeners on the podcast because last year when I visited Amsterdam, uh, I had a not so great review about the city. You know, I, I wasn't too impressed, especially with some of the shopping I did there. But um, I have to take back everything I said because my experience this time was amazing. It was tremendous. A uh, big shout out to the bartender at our hotel. We stayed at the Rye Hotel. He was a local. He gave us a, a handwritten list of all the best places to go to in the city, the best bars the best places to do some shopping and he really kind of made our trip so big shout out to you man um and yeah this time i gotta say i had a great time uh visited some incredible vintage shops so i have to say at least in europe for me amsterdam for me is like right up there for best vintage shopping in europe i absolutely had a great time uh found some pretty decent steals as well and um this time also went back into the pata store and um really really nice store great people working there as well very interested to see how many sneakers were actually sitting on shelves i even saw the amamanir fives on the shelf which was wow like what a time right like it's even at the soul box store like we had the big sizes of the amamanir fives on the shelf uh wow truly great time to be a sneakerhead more on that a bit later but uh, yeah, the city is also really beautiful Christmas time. You know, I took a canal ride and there were, it was like the Festival of Lights. So it was it was just really, really beautiful to see. So yeah, man, I actually cannot wait to go back to Amsterdam. So yeah, it was a, it was a pretty, pretty great trip. Amsterdam's a sick city. I love it. I love one of the things I love the most about Amsterdam is how international it is and how welcoming the people there are. I mean, Dutch people, I find them so funny. And so they're, they're very similar to like West Germans, like in the sense that they're very jolly, but they're also quite direct and very European in their ways. But um, because it's also such an international city, you've got some very big 
companies with big headquarters there. Um, Adidas has an office there. The European headquarters for Nike is obviously there. You've got um, people working for ASICs living there because ASICs is in Rotterdam. So it's a huge sportswear, streetwear, and sneaker city. Um, a lot of people that are about the culture, which is reflected also in the stores that are there, or rather the stores have been there for longer and that's reflected in brands moving there and wanting to be part of that culture, that vibrant just vibe that uh, that Amsterdam emits. So I'm super happy whenever I have a chance to or an excuse to go to Amsterdam. And like you said, right now is a great time because there's a lot of great stores there with a lot of great products sitting on shelves, which makes walking through a city that you don't live in and walking into stores and checking them out so much better because then you can find these hidden gems that you know could be sold out in your size at home or you miss the release somehow and then you're surprised to see them in the store. So definitely a beautiful, great city to visit, maybe even to live in one day, but uh, all the better now yeah, with the current sneaker climate. Well. Like I, I, that thought just kind of went through my head, not going to lie. I was like, oh, I, I haven't felt like this for a long time about any city, but I was like, I could move here. I could definitely see myself living there. Yeah, well, it was uh, it was a great time. Well, let's uh, let's move into uh, first of all our listener of the week. Shout out to at Mikhail underscore Tembo. Uh, I hope I said that correctly. Uh, shout out to you for uh, listening to us and for uh, also commenting on our Instagram feeds. Uh, appreciate appreciate the support as always, guys. And I'll try to get to each and every one of you guys eventually. We'll we'll make each and every one of you listener of the week at some point. But uh, this week, shout out to Mikhail Timbo. Uh, well, let's get into what we have been wearing. So I will I'll kick us off, and we're getting into the gray days of you know winter and the rainy season here in Berlin. So. Naturally, I have to get out my Solomon Gore-Tex XT6, which has come in super handy uh, for those super rainy days. Um, feet not getting wet, socks not getting soaked. So appreciate that. Um, and uh, so that, that one has been getting just a lot of use lately. Surprisingly, too, you know, when my brother was visiting me, uh, he has the exact same shoe size as me. And every single day he was wearing like a different sneaker from my collection. Surprisingly, he told me his favorite sneaker he wore was the Solomon XT6. Uh, he really liked the comfort on the heel and also just the interesting look of the sneaker. And it's just not something you really see much in Canada. So I thought that was interesting feedback from him. Um, but yeah, so I, I, that one has been getting a lot of use. And the other one, uh, a pair of 860 V2s. So earlier in the year, I had purchased a pair of the um, black and silver 860 V2s. Um, and uh, I've just been wearing that sneaker quite a lot. It's super, super, super comfortable. And you already know in the winter time, I am definitely rocking a lot more dark colored sneakers. The white sneakers, I kind of just put them away for the next few months. Um, so I've been rocking all my dark colors. This one, the black and the silver, uh, one of my favorite 860 V2 pairs to drop this year. So that's pretty much what's been on my feet, man. What's uh, What about you? Very nice. Uh, also very similar vibes in terms of the colorway, right? The the Gore-Tex uh, XT6 and the Black Silver 860 V2. That's very, true, yeah. Very nice. Um, I've actually been rocking a much more colorful sneaker, uh, the Awake A6 Gel NYC Pink and Blue from, I think it dropped in January, so like from way back in the beginning of the year, from almost a year ago. And anyone who listened to uh, the, the pod over this year and also listened to our top sneakers of half year one will know that this was my absolute favorite sneaker um, going into Q3 and still is one of my favorites. Um, and, you know, as I said, I'm getting into that kind of end of year spirit, that end of year cheer. And with our best sneakers of the year episode coming up next, I kind of felt like it was appropriate to wear one of the sneakers that you know, maybe has a good chance of uh, landing in my top five. Uh, I would be surprised if it didn't make it to a top five. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how long ago that sneaker dropped too. And it, it did actually drop at the very beginning of this year. And that model at the time when it dropped the Gel NYC, uh, 
I, I guess I kind of didn't realize at the time how popular that model would end up being because every subsequent colorway we saw of that sneaker drop throughout the year, it just seemed to like look better and better. Like I feel like no colorways look bad on the gel NYCs. More on ASICs a bit later. But um, but yeah, that's a, that's a great, great pair. And I think out of those two colorways that dropped out of the ASICs and Awake collab, uh, definitely this pink and blue one, that one is is the heater for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a little bit more eye-catching, although the other one is quite nice as well. I think Awake always has really nice colorways when they work with ASICs. Um, so jumping from what we've been wearing to latest pickups, uh, I know you have a few. What have you been wearing? Uh, not so wearing a very up. very unlikely pickup and this kind of um came about because while i was vintage shopping in amsterdam i went into this one store and i saw a pair of a used pair of one of my grail sneakers basically a sneaker i haven't stopped thinking about for a couple of years now i saw a pair of the cdg foam posits in my size so of course i wanted to actually try it on and uh, I still thought the price was a bit high, so I didn't end up buying it at the end, but I tried them on. It was the first time in my life I've ever worn a pair of foam posits, and they were so comfortable, and I just did not expect that because when I look at that sneaker, it looks anything but comfortable to me. It looks super stiff. It's a basketball shoe. I didn't expect the comfort, so I was very, very impressed with the comfort, and I thought, you know what? I can totally see myself rocking foams at some point. And then I had I had no idea that the sneaker was releasing later on in the month. I go on the sneakers app, I see that the black foams are about to release this month, and I'm, I'm I took that as a sign. I'm like, okay, this is a sign for me to add the first pair of foams to my collection because out of the two CDG colorways, the black one was always the one that was like the dream to me, like my grail for sure. And I'm never gonna you know pay six hundred or seven hundred or whatever those cost right now, so these regular black foams would have to do it for me. So I ended up did copying a pair from the sneakers app. And yeah, I got it in my hands and damn, in this like matte black color, I'm honestly not even a triple black fan. You guys know this, I don't like triple black sneakers, but in the foam posits, I feel like triple black looks spectacular. So uh, yeah, I I'm very, very happy with the shoe. They feel great on feet. So that was my first uh, pickup. Uh, question for you later about the foams um, okay. if we discuss it a bit more but uh, then the other pickup was um, the End Solomon XT6s so there were two colorways that dropped this year the one that dropped at the beginning of the year I was regretting not picking up the truffle colorway uh, both of these pairs were kind of um, inspired by mushrooms I guess and I picked up the more recent one the Porcini mushroom colorway which is this beautiful burnt orange color solomon um you know what like the orange solomons that dropped last year the apricot pair for me that was the best colorway of the solomon to drop last year but i didn't pick it up for some reason and i'm like ever since then i'm like i need myself a pair of orange solomon sneakers so uh this one was the perfect timing uh it's a bit of orange it's a bit of brown it looks gorgeous i think so i'm super super happy to pick those up and lastly, this one I picked up a couple of weeks ago on Black Friday. Um, it was the Jordan 1 Low Neutral Gray. Um, so uh, the retail price on this one was 170 euros, which I thought was insane Oof. for a pair of Jordan 1 Oof. Lows. However, if you guys watch my review of this, of this sneaker, I was very positive on it, specifically because of uh, just how true to the OGs they were. Uh, the materials were great. I liked it a lot more than the Neutral Gray from a couple of years ago. And uh, on Black Friday, BSTN was having a 25% off the whole website sale. And I took advantage of that and I purchased the Jordan 1 Low Neutral Gray in my size. So I only ended up paying about 120 euros for them, which I am very, very happy with. So yeah, those were uh, my three pickups. I see nice. you I love how. Lot, uh, yeah, I like how varied yours are as well. Like the foams are so different from the Solomons, which are again very different to the Jordan One Lows, um, which you know stays true to your your what was it New Year's resolution this year to try different different brands and different shoes. Right. So I actually yes I have a lot of pickups. I went a little bit crazy. I 
bought both pairs of the Amamanier Jordan 5s, which is A, pricey, <laughs> and B... Wait, hold on. Are we officially yeah. going to call this the Ama Money Laundering 5s? <laughs> I don't know, man. Innocent until proven guilty, I say. True, true, true. Let, let, let's see how it plays out in court. But uh, yeah. um, No, so I like, obviously, very, very expensive uh, pair of shoes, both of them. And I got my black pair from Ama Manier. They actually arrived today, the day of recording. Um ages and i know a lot of people complain about it i i was uh, a wow, little bit annoyed as well but that was what like three weeks at least that's yeah a long three time. weeks three weeks um but hey they arrived safe and sound didn't have to pay any uh customs duties so that was very nice um so i'm not a huge jordan 5 fan and i've said this many times on this podcast before but these I don't know. I just, I really like them. I like that the tongue is cut a little bit differently on these than on regular fives. I love the colorways. I love the details on the sock liner, on the netting. I mean, it's just a great shoe with really good storytelling um, between, you know, a cool retailer and uh, and a decent brand. So very happy with those. Then um, I actually, my pickups are very Jordan heavy this time, uh, which is very surprising for me. I got the Canyon Purple Air Jordan 4s, which Fire. is not a new release, but uh, I was lucky enough to pick those up. And um, yeah, they're great. I love the Harry suede on them and I've loved them since they dropped, I believe, when they did drop, I was not able to pick them up because I was, I don't know, busy doing something, sleeping, I don't know, uh, <laughs> changing diapers. But uh, happy that I was able to get them some months later because I've seen them everywhere and uh, have been very jealous of people that have been wearing them. Then I actually, I have to say that I was a little bit inspired by you here. I picked up the Harry Suede Pack, the A6 Gel 1130s, mm. after I saw your uh call out that they're very very similar to the hal 1130s as well you picked up um, the brown one i picked up both pairs i picked the brown one or the beige one for myself and the gray one for my wife so um obviously not both for me uh we don't have the same size i wish we did but um, have you worn them yet no not yet not yet i'm uh, I, I need waiting. to hear your review about the comfort because uh, when i made a video about every single a6 sneaker I said that the 1130s, even though they're a lot cheaper than the Gel Cayano 14s and the Gel NYCs, to me, they're like more comfortable. They're way softer, way more cushiony on feet. And it's like the better value for money sneaker. But let me know what you think. Definitely. I'll drop a review as well. A rival review. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I, I saw you post about them and I thought, yeah, damn, this is like a really nice generally colorway and you don't really get that many generally colorways that are just they look so high quality you know like i'm not an expert so maybe the suede isn't the most high quality but it just looks quality right um and 1130s a nice sneaker it's very it's quite simple it's not as you know it's not as out there as some of the other asic shoes are which uh i do like sometimes but these are a lot more wearable so i'm very happy to pick those up and then i was uh gifted a pair of the nike lunar rome um when they dropped which I was also very happy about because they're just a different kind of shoe and I've been seeing a lot of people call them probably Nike's best general release sneaker this year and I would almost have to agree you know I, I love Lunar Lawn I, I have an emotional connection to them because Lunar Lawn was launched whilst I was in New York during university and I got myself a pair of Flyknit Lunar Lawn sneakers when they were like the shit back then in like 2012, 2013, I think it was, I think it was like 2011, 2012. And yeah, man, uh, I would love to see more colorways of the Lunar Rome drop and also like other sneakers that use Lunar Lawn Foam in a more, you know, casual lifestyle setting. But these are super dope. So if you haven't seen these before, check them out. It's the Nike Lunar Rome. It's a very nice kind of like this like, yellowish greenish whitish blackish colorway um and honestly these are super comfortable so anyone looking for a new pair of comfortable sneakers these are it i've, I've seen them i've seen them i've seen um a, a lot of stores have put up like special displays for them i've noticed like Soulbox and a few others as well um and uh yeah this initial colorway um i do really like quite a bit i, I really like the 
the blue playing off of the yellow midsole. I feel like those colors always work perfectly when uh, put on the same shoe. And uh, I, I do really like the just just the overall look of the shoe, like the silhouette. It looks super sleek. It looks uh, to use a word that you use a lot to describe shoes. Uh, it looks very fast, uh, but um, I'm not sure how fast they actually are. But they they do look super super comfy. I'm I'm I mean, excited think, to pick up a pair to try out. I think I think you could definitely go running in them. And I'm getting like they're they're very different aesthetic, but I'm getting like a similar vibe or feeling as with the uh, Zoom Vomero because okay. it's a it's a like understated generally shoe that hopefully will drop in very nice colorways. I could see these becoming quite the hype in the next few months. Okay, okay. All right. Well, uh that's quite a lot of pickups from you, man. So, uh that's that's impressive. Yeah. Some Jordans, some Asics, some Nike. Okay. Okay. All right, man. Uh <laughs> looks like you have a pretty nice rotation for Christmas time. Oh, definitely. Uh, but let us now move into the best and worst sneaker moments, or let's call them the sneaker awards of the year. Um, not, not really sure exactly what to call them, but uh, we do have quite a few categories to go through here. We're going to go through, well, before I even give you the names of the category, let's just, let's just go through them one by one. So the first category we're going to discuss is the biggest surprise of the year, the biggest sneaker surprise of the year. And for this one, I thought of it quite a bit and I had to settle on Nike SB. And the reason Ooh. why is um, because as you guys know, this year, the dunk, like regular mainline dunks, not SB dunks, the regular mainline dunks kind of really died out this year. Uh, the Panda Dunks finally, I feel like, hit a s complete saturation point where uh, people were just, you know, not even buying the Pandas. They were just sitting on shelves. And um, newer colorways of the Dunk would release and they would go on sale. They're just not selling anymore. But that didn't translate at all to Nike SB Dunk lows. So the collabs this year I thought were very, very strong. Um, and it really continued to push the Dunk SB as one of the premier sneakers from Nike. Um, a lot of great collabs this year, like the Haritos I thought was fantastic. Uh, one of my favorites of the year was my recent pickup of the April Skateboards Dunk SB Lows. We had the Gardenias, which was also another one of my favorites. Uh, the Albino and Preto Dunk as well. Really, really, really nice collabs this year. Um, and... On top of that, Nike SB gave us a surprise that none of us were expecting. Uh, the SB4s, which uh, which was not a model you would ever think of when thinking of skateboarding. But I think the job Nike SB did with that as well, just turning that shoe into a skateboarding shoe, uh, widening, widening it a little bit. So it's the first four that my pinky toes are not killing me. Um, so it's it's um, it fits me great. They decided to do it on such a nice colorway as well. And I'm excited to see more SB4s in the future. Uh, yeah, so that was a nice, pleasant surprise. Um, and yeah, just, just overall, I thought the continued strength of the SB Dunk Low in the face of overall Dunk hype continuing to die out, for me, was a big surprise. So yeah, that was that. What do you guys think? What do you think about that? I think that's a good call. I think. A lot of people thought the Nike SB was dead, or no, I don't want to say dead, but like you know, on the on the heavy decline after the summer of 2020 and 2021, when you know the Chunky Dunky came out, the Travis Scott Nike SB Dunk came out, and people were fatigued by the Dunk. Everybody was talking about it. We talked about it several times. Uh, I, I was writing about it for High Snobody when I was still there, and Nike kind of rushed the market with uh or flushed the market with nike regular mainline nike dunks which kind of took away from the sp dunk a little bit and people were buying that and i mean how many restocks of the panda dunk have we seen it's basically the nike's version of the zebra yeezy 350s but now it, this year they've really paid attention to making sure that the nike sp dunk drops that are dropping have great storytelling um, are relatively limited in quality, that they're working with skate shops and authentic retailers who either have a story to tell or can you know help Nike tell their story. And I think that's resonated with people and, and fans of the brand and fans of the sub 
brand Nike SB. And yeah, I think Nike SB has had has had a really, really good year. Um, very surprisingly, because I had them written off. I'd, I thought, okay, you know what? It's going to be another three, four, five years before Nike SB, uh, especially the dunk, is relevant again. But they've kind of managed to claw their way out of uh, the grave that they kind of dug themselves. So uh, definitely props to Nike SB. And what about your biggest surprise of the year? So my biggest surprise of the year was Adidas. Um, And I know we've talked about it before, you know, was it really Adidas who made the Samba hype or was it the Samba getting hype through TikTok and pop culture and then Adidas jumping on it? But honestly, I don't think it really matters at this point. The fact is that the Samba was almost the shoe of the year in many ways. Mm-hmm. And Adidas serviced that demand very well. They brought out some collaborations. They brought out some really nice um, general release colorways. They brought out some very nice complimentary shoes and the gazelle on the handball. And I think they've managed the hype very, very well and have been careful you know, not to totally saturate or oversaturate the market, but definitely have made made a bag, let's be honest, on, on the Samba. And so it was, you know, there were signs there end of last year that the Samba's coming and, that, and you know, court classics are going to be a big deal. But I don't think anybody realized to what extent. And it definitely blew me out of the water just how big Adidas and the Samba has gotten this year. And we'll talk about this next as well. I feel like it's been pretty much the only thing that Adidas had going for it this year. And um, they, like I said, they've managed it well. It was just a little bit surprising just how big the Samba would get to me. Yeah, you know, me, me, me too, especially. Uh, I didn't expect the Samba to get so popular, especially uh, across the pond in the, in the U.S., um, because that shoe has typically not really been that popular, except back in the day during, you know, like the Run DMC era. But even back then, it was mainly like the superstars, not so much the Sambas. The Sambas are a very narrow shoe, so I just didn't expect that type of shoe to be that popular in the States, but yeah, I was proven wrong. Um, but yeah, you also, um, moving on to our next topic, which is the opposite, which is the biggest disappointment of the year. I see that you have Adidas as your biggest disappointment of the year too, so I need some explanation here. Yeah, exactly. So... As I alluded to um, a few seconds ago, Adidas only really had the Samba in my eyes. You know, they they had the um, the Bad Bunny collaboration. They had some other collaborations as well. But I was missing something else. You know, and with Y two K trending, with those two thousands runners being so hyped, and even Nike getting in on the Vomero and the what's the new sneaker called, the two K runner. Mm-hmm. I just feel like. Adidas has missed the boat there a little bit. They've got such a great back catalog of 2000s runners, you know, the Oswego, the uh, CL Cushion, you know, even shoes that they've done collaborations on. But I just, I'm just missing the, the, the quality and the storytelling there and the, the partnerships. Like, why not bring out, I know that, you know, you, you, you have to kind of, I mean, you don't have to put all your eggs in one basket, but you kind of have to choose which eggs, uh, which basket to put most of your eggs in. And they've gone with the Samba Gazelle route, right? Which is why we got that really nice consortium pack with the with the end sneaker. Um, and I just feel like they could have done the same for 2000s runners as well, but they haven't. And so for me, the disappointment lies in Adidas not being able to capitalize on any other brands. And then that kind of strengthens my theory that adidas lucked into the samba hype a little bit and didn't really create it themselves i know that there's split opinion on it out there and you know i respect everyone who has a different opinion and i'm happy to discuss it or um debate it uh, anywhere dms whatever but uh yeah it's just adidas has not shown me that they've been able to sustain any other hype or even a second wave of hype alongside the samba for any other type of sneaker and so because of that, I'm, you know, surprised by Adidas, but also a little bit disappointed by them. Yeah, I think you bring up a pretty good point. And, I, and now I totally get 
your reasoning for when you said that the Adidas really lucked into the Samba hype. I feel like it just kind of took off on TikTok and they just kind of rode that wave. Uh, it's not something that they were necessarily pushing. And uh, yeah, like uh, it seems like since Yeezy brand left them, uh, I feel like they haven't, they, they, they just haven't had much momentum anywhere else other than the Samba. And they've tried now, you know, to make different versions of the Samba. I see like they've made this like puffing, puffer Samba, a puffer, like it looks like a puffer jacket type of Samba. They've made a Samba with like an elevated sole now, which is like, to me, it's like the beginning of the end of the hype cycle once you see things like that coming out. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, I don't know if they've really, like you said, they absolutely did not capitalize on the current trend of the Y2K style shoes. Uh, they didn't put out a model to capitalize on that, unlike Nike. I've, I've already seen a lot of people wearing the V2Ks, that new sneaker from Nike. I've seen a lot of people, especially in Berlin, wearing that. And uh, yeah, no, I feel like Adidas really kind of missed the boat there. And uh, yeah, as my biggest disappointment of the year, I also, since we're speaking of Adidas, for me, the biggest disappointment was the fear of God and Adidas athletics line. So I'm not going to, don't, I don't hate on it because of the prices, although that's what everyone was hating on it for initially. I wasn't personally surprised at all by the prices because I definitely didn't expect them to be the same as the essentials line. I don't know why Jerry would create a line just to compete with an existing line. It just didn't make much sense to me. I, I always kind of expected the prices to be a bit higher. But I was just a bit disappointed by um, the shoes themselves. So uh, the shoes, we've been waiting now like three years for them. And the, f the first pair we've gotten was like those 86, uh, 86 lows, which I, you know, I got them. I reviewed them. They're just like, to me, they're just not worth $200 as a sneaker. It's, it's not, it's really nothing special. It's uh, the materials are nice on them, but to me, they also look super weird because of the very, very pointy toe box. I feel like when I had them on my feet, I kind of felt like a Christmas elf a little bit because, <laughs> of just, because of just like how pointy the toe box was. Like it was ridiculous, you know? So like I, I just didn't like that look from the top down. And then the other shoe, which I think looks really good aesthetically, the Fear of God basketball sneaker. Uh, to me, that's actually one of the nicest looking sneakers Jerry Lorenzo has come up with so far, even including the Nike stuff. I was so disappointed when I put that sneaker on feet because um, after doing a little bit of research, it seems like all of the inspiration for that sneaker came from soccer cleats. So Jerry really kind of took that to the next level with this basketball shoe by trying to make it as narrow as a soccer cleat. And when I put that sneaker on my feet, I immediately thought, okay, this is the worst fitting shoe I've worn this year. I even went a half size up because a lot of people were suggesting it me to. And the sneaker was just so ridiculously tight in the midfoot and in the forefoot, but then in the heel, there was surprisingly like a ridiculous amount of heel slippage as well, which just made no sense to me. Like what kind of, why is the shoe so big in the heel and so tight in the other parts? It, it was not making any sense to me. So I found them very uncomfortable to wear. So for that reason, and, and my opinion seems to be shared because a lot of people in my comments were saying the same thing. So it's unfortunate, you know, it's a sneaker we've been waiting for a long time. And I just feel like the execution really missed the mark there. So that for me was the biggest disappointment of the year. Nice. Fair enough. I um, actually really like the shoes as well and think that they really are one of Jerry's and Fear of God's best collaborative sneakers. I really like how there's a red thread even between the Adidas and Nike lines. You know, you can obviously tell that both of them are Fear of God collaborations. Um, but I'm a little disappointed as well now to hear that the shoe fits weird because I was thinking about picking one up or at least picking one up in the future when the pricing comes down because I find the the pricing very strange. I heard also that a lot of the apparel was just like very awkwardly fitting. People were like, yes, there were memes and like funny videos of people wearing the hoodie and like <laughs> like saying that it was like choking them and stuff yeah like because the, the hoodie too is tight the, the hood itself it doesn't even like go over your head it's like a super tiny hood 
Yeah, ridiculous. It like after three years, you figured they would have at least had somebody wear test these things, but I guess not, man. <laughs> um, very disappointing because the the lookbook images for Fear of God Adidas or like you know as it's called uh, Fear of God Athletics look so nice. I mean, like if I had money or the money, I would. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely how I'd be dressing all the time, just like athleisure, but like high end athleisure, elevated um, athleisure. Exactly. Elevated athleisure. Okay. So we've had the biggest surprise. We've had the biggest disappointment. Now we're coming to the juiciest part of the pod. We are going to be talking about brand of the year. And let us start with the best sneaker brand of the year. Josh, what is your pick? Well, this one, I spent maybe 0.0003 seconds thinking about. Uh, I think it was a pretty (laughs) obvious selection this year and that i gotta give it to asics i think asics uh they really rode that wave of uh you know 90s and 2000 sneakers running sneakers because that's kind of what asics is known for and um they really took advantage of it they they released a lot of great collabs this year some new models as well like the gel nyc proved to be so popular that even general release colorways were selling out instantly um, and even some of the general release uh, 1130s, like that green kale colorway, that one is just like just a regular regular shoe, but um, it's reselling for like more than double the retail price, which is crazy. Uh, a lot of uh, ASIC sneakers this year, just the general pairs were reselling, which was super surprising to see. That just tells you how popular that sneaker has become because in the past, people kind of, you know, thought of ASICs as a bit of a joke uh, or just like... Uh, I mean, that's a bit harsh to say, to be honest, but they kind of just disregarded ASICs completely. And this year, they kind of really rose to the top. And uh, some of the best uh, collabs, I think, came out this year from ASICs as well. Um, And yeah, I mean, it's the momentum was just amazing. Um, Two of my favorite sneakers, period, that I copped this year were both of the colorways of the Hall Studios, um, which I just love, especially that forest colorway, the brown one, the dark brown one, such a beautiful shoe. And uh, also, I mean, just financially speaking, this was by far the most successful financial year for the brand. So I just think uh, in a year where some other brands suffered big losses, like Adidas, like Jordan, uh, compared to previous years, you had this one brand, meanwhile, that had its best year ever financially. So I think they absolutely earned the crown of sneaker brand of the year, in my opinion. And uh, what about you, Fobs? What do you think? It can only be Asics. And I think hands down, they've been the best brand. You've already said it. They've got great generally shoes. They've got great collaborations. They're really benefiting from the fact that the 2000s, um aesthetic is in they have a lot of sneakers from that time period that are great shoes lovely to look at beautiful to wear very comfortable very stylish um so yeah i mean a lot of people had them as the the brand of the year last year which i could understand but also still found a little bit surprising because of how strong new balance were last year um i had new balance as my uh, brand of the year last year but Asics has just been head and shoulders about uh, above everyone. I mean, you, they've they've got cool collaborations with you know Hal Studios. They've got you know the OGs like Ronnie Feig bringing shoes out that are getting people excited. The Marvel pack, which has incredible storytelling. The by invitation only Gelite threes. Just overall, uh, great, great, great strategy, amazing releases. And I feel like you've said it all already. I've said a little bit, man, ASICs just riding the wave, man, like on top of it all right now. And long may it continue because they have some very, very good and very, very comfortable sneakers. And I'm a big, big fan. Yeah, I would have been very surprised if we both didn't have the same selection here. I, yeah, I think it was I think it was pretty easy to select this year's uh, brand of the year. But what Definitely. about the worst sneaker brand of the year? And maybe worst is a bit harsh, but maybe uh, let's call it the underperforming sneaker brand of the year. And um, when thinking about this one, I had to settle on a Jordan brand this year. Uh, I think this was the year where the kind of like the nostalgia and maybe the hype around Jordan sneakers 
really, really, really cooled off because we had some, I would say, very nice looking shoes drop. Like, for example, the UNC toes and uh, also like maybe even the black toe uh, lows. Those are sneakers that in the past, I feel like I feel like they, they would be, you know, instant sellouts. They would be going for crazy amounts on the resale market. But clearly the hype has fallen off quite a bit from Jordan brand. Not to say that that's a bad thing. Uh, but I think, you know, the, it's finally catching up to the brand now. We've said in the past about how Jordan brand, it's pretty much just a retro brand, right? Like they just have a few sneakers in their archive, which sell consistently, like the ones, the fours, the fives, the 11s. That's pretty much it, really. Um, the threes, of course. Yeah. Um, and besides that, you know, all their new sneakers, nobody cares about them. Uh, nobody cares about team Jordans either. So I feel like now since the hype on even the retro models that were popular have started to cool off i feel like the brand is kind of in trouble at this moment because if clean colorways of the jordan ones are not selling out are they they're going on sale i mean we recently had the uh royal reimagined dropped and that was a, a og colorway the royals just like done in a different way that one was going on sale at a lot of sneaker stores and still not selling out, which to me was like, wow, the, f the hype yep. has really, really fallen off. But so, I feel like that's going to be a sleeper. Like if you pick those up now in five years, you're going to be, you're going to be laughing all the way to the bank when people pay 600 for them. You it's really almost so? guaranteed. Yeah, man. I mean, look at the black cat fours. Those nobody wanted either. And now they're going for six, 700 euros. And I think it's, it's going to be the same thing, man. Like it's an OG colorway. Like you said, like an OG, OG colorway. It's sure. It's not the OG material, but like it's suede. It's nothing crazy. It's a Jordan one dude in five years. These are going to be a gold mine guaranteed. Like, honestly, we're publishing this. So this is out in the public sphere in five years. People can come to me and tell me I was wrong and I'm, I'm, I'm an idiot, but like, I'm I'm so convinced by this right now. In five years, these will be a gold mine. No, I mean I I I, I don't think you'll be wrong. Uh, mainly because, especially if you get them currently, like you like I was saying, on sale, thirty forty percent off. I don't see how you would potentially lose money on that bet. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean I. I I don't know about like if it's going to be as hyped up as the Black Cat 4s uh, because the Black Cat 4s were like a triple black 4. Uh, I, but like, yeah, it is an OG colorway. And um, yeah, I, 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 could, I could see it. I could see it. But like a 500, 600, I don't know. I think you're maybe overshooting a little bit. But let's see. We Like you said, it's in the public, Dude, Inflation, right? man. Inflation. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Uh, do you uh, have a worst sneaker brand of the year? <sighs> Honestly... It, I, I, I tried to think about it and I can't really pick one because I feel like everyone has really been strong in their way. I mean, you, you know, you mentioned Jordan brand as your pick, but then, you know, my response would be the Nike SB Air Jordan 4s, the Amamanier 5s, the, um, the J Balvin 3s. There's been a lot of good stuff from Jordan brand as well, you know? And, yeah, definitely. And, and, and I think that's why it's fairer, like you said, to call it the underperformer of the year. And so, I don't know. Like, I don't think it's any traditional sneaker brand. I think New Balance has been great. I think Mizuno has been great. I think On has been great. I think Solomon has been great. Asics has been amazing. Adidas has been decent, you know, with Asamba propping them up. Nike has been good. Nike SB, Air Jordan has also been really, really good. Um, I don't know. If you, if you put, like, a gun in my head and told me I had to pick a brand, it would probably have to be more of a collaborator than a manufacturer and i'd have to go with supreme because i feel like when was the last time supreme released a shoe that like people really wanted was it the cdg the cdg um foam posits probably i feel like if anyone supreme has underperformed a little bit i miss the i miss the times when you know supreme had multiple really coveted sneaker releases with the likes of vans and nike and whoever and so yeah i mean it, it's a bit of a cop-out i would say but my pick is supreme it's it's funny you say that supreme have had only shit sneaker collabs lately 
one day after I go out and buy the uh, the leopard print vans that just dropped, which I really, really <laughs> like. <laughs> I really like the navy one. Like I had I had to go get it, even though I already have the leopard uh, sambas. I feel like these are like another alternative. You know, lately I've just been feeling this leopard print, um, and I thought you know for it was like ninety eight euros, which great price for a collab sneaker. Um, so yeah, I mean I I, I mean to each their own. Cop that. To Sorry? teach their own. I mean, if if okay. you like them, then uh, all all the power to you. I would say that overall, I would say that I'm most disappointed by Supreme. Um, but who knows? That's a fair point, you though. know. Yeah, the 2024 is coming, and maybe everything's going to look a little bit different. Maybe A6 shits the bed, and everyone else is so yeah. much better. Um, we'll see. That's the that's the great thing about the sneaker game that it's always kind of a little bit different, always a little bit predictable but also unpredictable so yeah we'll see um so yeah that was the best and worst sneaker brand of the year now let's talk about sneaker moments uh josh what is your biggest sneaker moment well okay so i don't i don't know if it's fair to call this a moment but it's it's just been the general sense that most sneakers nowadays this year especially compared to other years this year, I truly felt that whatever sneaker dropped, I have a pretty good chance at getting it, or I can actually even wait several weeks before deciding whether I want it or not. And I just haven't had that feeling as a sneakerhead for a few years now. But this year, it felt like, man, like whatever I want, you know, I'm pretty sure that shoe is not going to sell out. I can wait a few weeks, it might go on sale, and then I can get them. Or, um, yeah, this sneaker, okay, I might have missed out on the early drop, but I can just go on StockX right now, pay like 20 above retail and get it. Most sneakers were kind of in that range, you know, they were just super easy to get. So, whereas in the past, I felt like a lot of people were getting sneakers mainly because of FOMO, right? Like they were super hyped. Uh, you, you go on Instagram, everyone's talking about them. But now it's like, you can really sit back and decide what are the sneakers that really appeal to you personally and you don't have to worry about missing out on them you don't have to worry about uh, what the resale price is going to be like you know like i feel like this year i felt like i could really go after sneakers that i want and not give a shit about what other people really think about them like some of the best shoes that i copped this year um that weren't necessarily hyped like for example that recent pair of the jordan 4 olives uh that was a sneaker that i had circled in my calendar at the very start of the year when I, you know jordan brand releases their previews for the whole year i saw that yeah. pair and i'm like wow that looks like some travis scott undefeated four type of vibe that's right up my alley i totally want that pair i know i'm gonna be paying crazy resale for it but i definitely need those pair of fours turns out I could have like I actually bought them a week before the drop on Goat. I spent like fifty above retail, which was a dumb move because I could have got them for retail easily on release day. Uh, but I, I, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at all. Like I, I, I was very happy to get that sneaker for that price. Um, yeah, I mean it's just a great feeling, man. It's it's great to be able to get sneakers super easy again, and I I think that's just been the best sneaker development in the sneaker world this year what about you, yeah Alex? i agree i agree it's been a really really nice time like i said about amsterdam just walking into stores whether it's in your hometown in a city or country that you visit it's made going into stores more fun you know and it was always fun it was always fun to see how sneaker stores set up and if they had different kinds of shoes to the stores that from where you came from but i feel in the last few years everything has become very homogenous, right? And you'll see the exact same generally colorways in a footlocker in Barcelona as you would in Berlin, for example, or, um, you know, a foot district or a Sivas Descalzo or something like that. You'll, you know, they pretty much have the same shoes as a sole box. But now that, you know, hyped releases are not selling out as much, you're starting to see more and more interesting sneakers pop up and you know there are differences in demand in you know across different countries across different markets you know spanish people or spanish sneakerheads might like you know or 
let's say French, I'd say like French sneakerheads are much more into Jordans than than German sneakerheads. So you're probably less likely to find Jordans sitting in French stores, but you will find them in Germany, for example, and vice versa. You might find more ASICs sitting in France uh, than you would here. And I think that's that's the cool thing that now now that more and more stuff is sitting, that there's too many releases, that stock is so high, etc. People are buying not less, but like maybe different things. Um, there's more competition as well for shelf space that going into stores physically is is so cool. And my biggest sneaker moment has to do with the physical and in person. I thought the hype around the Cortez Nike Air Max 95 drop was just incredible to see, you know, through social media. And, and I'm sure for people who were in the cities that the sneakers dropped in, it must have been pretty crazy too, because it brings you back to like the old days where like, you know, sneaker campouts and lineups yeah. and just people swarming pop-up locations trying to get like first in line and get the shoe and, you know, all within reason, right? We don't want anyone getting hurt. We don't want anyone getting mugged or, you know, there's things stolen, etc. I, I was there. But, I was there in London when, um, when the random shock drop of the Cortez uh, dropped at that at that Cortez store and they just dropped the latitude and longitude points on Instagram mm-hmm. happened to be 20 minutes from my hotel I sprinted like if you saw some random dude just sprinting um, and not going very <laughs> fast I might add <laughs> uh, down the down like near the Thames River that was definitely me. And I haven't done that in a long time. Sprinted for <laughs> sneakers, seeing other people sprinting. That was crazy. Like, it was crazy to feel that again. So, yeah, you're right. That definitely came back in a big way. Yeah, like, I can imagine, like, running through London and then you see someone else running and you, like, you look at each other and you, like, smiling on the inside. You're like, yeah, okay, we're doing the exact same thing for the exact same pair of shoes right now. Um, it just, It's just fun, I think. Especially if it's, you know, kept to a, you know, respectful um vibe and that like i said nobody's getting hurt or mugged or or all that kind of stuff so yeah that was my biggest sneaker moment of the year just that in-person hype being brought back by up-and-coming brands like cortez and long may continue into 2024 yeah okay okay i mean that i i think those uh i think most sneakerheads listening to this can agree with those positive developments in the sneaker world Let's talk about uh, worst uh, sneaker moments of the year. So this is maybe I have a little bit of recency bias here, but I don't think I've been more annoyed by a sneaker marketing, like a sneaker rollout than these upcoming Cactus Jack Max or whatever. Cactus Jack Mac attacks, Cactus Jack Nike attacks, whatever. I mean, I think they should be called Cactus Wax, to be honest, because they were whack. The rollout was super whack. Um, they generated a fake beef between John McEnroe and Travis Scott. And it was one of those videos where people watched it and immediately the comment sections were like, yo, this is fake. This is obviously fake. Uh, right before the release of the shoe, suddenly they're having a big battle online on Zoom. And Travis never, ever puts out stuff like this. And for him to put that out, I just thought it was super suspicious. Like it was, it was so annoying. And then like the follow-up videos, like what John McEnroe now doing a fit check, I thought was ridiculous. And then Travis Scott, like uh, graffitiing up a mural of John McEnroe. I just thought, come on guys, like what are we doing here? Like, is this really what sneaker marketing has come down to? And especially the fact that those sneakers are just maybe the laziest by far Travis Scott collab of all time. And even worse marketing for the a sneaker that already is pretty poor, in my opinion. I just thought, man, this 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 is just so so annoying as a sneakerhead to watch. And then watching all of these different outlets, like uh, you know, all the big ones, Nice Kicks, Hype Beast, all of them, like just continue to post this, pretending like we don't know it's fake. I thought it was super annoying as well. And uh, yeah, it, I, I, I hated it. I just hated it completely. I hate the shoe. I hate it even more now after this rollout. So uh, yeah, for me, that was like worst sneaker moment of the year. What did you think of that whole fake beef? I don't know. Like, were they trying to make people think that it was real? Or was it just I a fun... So. I think so. I, I mean, 
it, I agree with you. It was 100% obvious that it was fake and that it was a marketing rollout. But I mean, I thought it played into the John McEnroe stereotype pretty well. And I don't know. I would say that I, I maybe slightly disagree. I, I don't think that they meant for people to really believe it. I mean, sure, if people believed it, like they wouldn't have corrected them. They would have been like, oh, great, this is, this is amazing. But I think it was more like, hey, let's like do a fun series of guerrilla marketing rollout stuff that could they have done a better job of making it real maybe yeah like i was thinking like it would have been funny if uh you know if they timed the release around the the u.s open and john macron who is obviously a tv analyst just goes on a rant about travis scott like appropriating his shoe or something oh, like that, that you okay know, that would be kind on of on tv <laughs> um i was thinking that would have been kind of cool but then i was like mm, uh, yeah they probably wouldn't allow that because it's technically marketing for nike and uh nike i don't know if nike are like the main sponsors of the u.s open i don't think they are i think it's polo ralph lauren and yeah that probably wouldn't fly um legally but i think that would have been cool you know like He's like, like talking, talking, and then suddenly he's asked a question, and he's like, "I you know, fuck that guy." You know, he's like, just changed the swoosh on my shoe, and now he's trying to name it something stupid. Like if it was like on live TV, like it would have been pretty funny. But um, nah, you know what? I don't mind. I don't mind the marketing rollout. I think it's it's nice to see brands at least try to get a little bit creative and do something different rather than just post a picture and be like, "The Cactus Jack Mac attack." coming next week sign up for raffles here so you know what i mean like i think it's at least they try to do something different is my opinion on that okay i mean okay you have a more positive uh look on outlook on that one what about you like did you have a a moment this year that really annoyed you as much as this cactus jack thing annoyed me uh not really a moment just like a series of releases like meme shoes and yeah mostly we're talking about mischief like it was funny the first time with the Nike Air Max 97s with Jesus water and Jesus blood or something in the air bubble. But like at this point, it's just getting old. The big red boots, the wavy vans, and they're just getting sued. And like, what, what, I don't know. What does it do? Like people know who mischief are now. It's just turning into a gag. It's turning into a meme. So I'm not really about that, and uh, I'm glad that I would be glad if we don't see too many more of those moments in 2024. Yeah, I mean those those the red shoes uh, to me was so ridiculous, especially seeing people paying a thousand something for them, and once they actually got their pairs, they couldn't even get rid of them for what they paid for it, which was like two hundred so or something like that. Absolutely ridiculous. Like yeah, it, it's crazy. Like um, I guess the times we're in now where so much hype can just be generated in such a short amount of time uh, through like viral marketing like that. But those shoes, I mean, at least if the shoes were good, like I wouldn't mind it so much. But yeah, those meme shoes were, I, I hope this trend goes away uh, because they're they're hot for a couple of days and then you never want to wear them again. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that was, that was definitely a low point, I thought. So we're yeah. going to, um, of course, go through some hot releases now. So first of all, guys, that was it for our uh, just recap of some of the memorable sneaker moments for us this year. Some of the best and the worst. Let us know uh, if you guys agree. And uh, we will now go through some of the uh, hype sneakers dropping over the next couple of weeks to end the year. As of the day we're recording this, we're recording this on the 15th. So we're just looking at second half of December, what's releasing. And there's definitely some heat dropping from what I can see. So on the 19th, uh, that shoe that just annoyed me a lot, the uh, Travis Scott Nike Mac attacks will be dropping uh, on the sneakers app. So look out for those. They're still going to sell out, guys. So it's not like they're going to be easy to get. So yeah, those uh, those will be, will, will be releasing alongside the Nike Jamarant 1 Christmas colorway, which is pretty nice, I have to say. It's like a purple shoe. Uh, I'm not sure what the inspiration was for the colorway, but uh, it does seem pretty interesting. Uh, on the 20th, we're going to have the sneaker that Fabian was talking about earlier. The Nike Lunar Rome will be officially releasing worldwide and uh, look out for that. Uh, definitely a very sleek and nice looking shoe. 
on the 21st, we will be seeing the off-white Nike Air Terra Forma in a couple of colorways, the Mantra Orange and the Arkeo Brown. Uh, a absolutely wild shoe that um, I would love to see you guys pull off because I haven't seen one of these in the wild just yet. I haven't seen anyone wearing one of these. I would love to see if one of you guys can pull these off because I have no idea how to wear that shoe. Um, then on the 22nd, a lot of people, a lot of people hyped on these. Uh, the Joe Fresh Goods New Balance 990 V4 will be dropping in three different colorways, intro, Keisha Blue, and outro. Uh, I think Joe Fresh Goods just did an amazing job here with the execution on this. And the inspiration I thought was great um, based on the belly uh, music video. Or was it a movie? I, no, I believe it was a movie, right? Belly. Uh, and the, the different lighting in the movie I thought was uh, pretty interesting, like how that inspired the different colorways of the shoe. For me, the standout pair is definitely the Keisha Blue colorway, but that seems like it's a Chicago exclusive. So uh, unfortunately, only the intro and the outro will be releasing on uh, New Balance as well as some other retailers. So look out for that. And then finally, on Christmas Day, we have Ronify coming through once again with the second installment of the Clarks and Adidas Sambas in two different colorways. Uh, although they do look very identical, one of them is your standard um, Samba colorway, you know, like white with the black stripes. And the second colorway is the one that interests me a little bit more. It's got like a green, black, and red stripe, which... Um, super nice super nice it's like giving me some gucci vibes uh i'm probably not gonna go for these shoes just because i already have one colorway and i don't want to spend another 220 on these but uh for those of you who missed out this is your opportunity um fantastic shoes i think it's definitely going to feature in my top 10 of the year um and nice way to end the year perfect christmas gift from ronnie dropping on christmas day so that's about it for all of the sneakers dropping uh, in the next two weeks. As I said at the start of this episode, look out for our last episode of the year to drop, which will feature our best sneakers of the year conversation. Very much looking forward to discussing that with you, Fobs. But other yes, than sir. that, guys, thank you so much for tuning in once again. Uh, shout out to each and every one of our listeners. And uh, I'm signing out. Peace, guys. Yo, thank you for listening for me too and uh, looking forward to the next episode. Peace.